You're listening to the SLP Book Club. We're your hosts, Laura Geisert and Adrian Frost. This month, we're reading Take Time for You by Tina Bogren. Let's get into it. Welcome back to the SLP Book Club. This episode, we're continuing our discussion of Take Time for You by Tina Bogren. And on today's episode, we are going to hear Adrian's SLP journey, where she came from, where she is now, where she's going. Because last episode, I shared my experience as an SLP in the schools and up until now. So Adrian, tell us, how'd you get started out? <laughs> where have you worked? My goodness. Well, Laura, you know, (laughs) we went to grad school together. We graduated in 2015. So that was the year that I started working. And I got a job with a district near my house, not quite as big as the district that Laura worked for, but still pretty big. And I was placed at a high school my first year, which was really different for me. I felt like I had always just thought I'd be at an elementary school, especially with all of the coursework that we did in grad school. I feel like very little of it focuses on adolescence. It's sort of geared towards young kids or adults. So that was kind of a learning curve, but it was cool. Like there were so many things I loved about the high school. I loved, we had a self-contained classroom on campus and I got to do some really fun things like go on a lot of community outings with them and I chaperoned prom one year with them. I didn't know that. (laughs) Yeah, I went with them in the limo and everything. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, it was really fun. Yeah, so gave me a lot of experience just overall. And I was also though I was at the high school, I was the full time SLP at the high school. I was also basically one day a week at a K through eight math and science magnet school, they had an SLP there. And I just kind of was there to help her out. So even though I was at the high school, most of the time, I still kind of had my foot in the K through eight world. And that was really great. I loved that school a lot. And when that SLP retired, I think it was in 2018. I feel like I only had one year. Well, when she retired, I took over the school from her and left the high school. So in 2018, I became a full time SLP at the K through eight school. And I think I only had one year of that being full time there before COVID hit the next year. So it was a little complicated. I I felt like I never really got to like live my elementary school SLP life because COVID happened and it really changed things. So the school district that I was working for was pretty litigious. And I was really stressed out. Like I my caseloads were never sky high like Laura's I felt pretty supported. But my stress levels were really high. Like I was having trouble sleeping some nights due to IEPs the next day. And I feel like the district that I was working for at the time did not always have my back as an SLP. And that is scary when you're dealing with lawyers and advocates and people who are really harshly critiquing you and looking for mistakes and to not feel supported and kind of be new in your career is really scary. So after the pandemic hit, that just kind of pushed me over the edge. I, of course, was working from home like everybody else. And for me, the time at home when we were all virtual was not as bad as going back the next year. So my district was one of the first school districts in my county to go back. I think if the pandemic hit March 2020, we were back in the classroom by 
late August, early September 2020. So there was so much we didn't know. It was really scary. I remember my first assessment I did back. I was wearing a gown. Like we were in like full PPE. (laughs) Is that PPE? Yes. You sent, I remember you sending me a picture. I was wearing like the visor, the like face shield, the mask under the shield, the full gown. I might've even been wearing gloves. And then there was a plexiglass shield between me and the student. And I just felt so overwhelmed. I left. I mean, I did the assessment. I went home and I just cried hysterically. Like, this is not what I signed up for. What is happening? (laughs) (laughs) And honestly, it was that moment that made me start thinking, I don't know if I can continue to do this job in the schools if my life is not being valued. That's really what it felt like. I know now we know so much more about COVID, but at the time, you know, five months into the pandemic, being suited up like I'm in, you know, I don't know, the ICU ward at a hospital. It was just so scary. And I just thought, wow, educators are really on the front lines. And I just thought, you know, I have a young child and I don't really want to be putting my life at risk. And now it seems kind of dramatic, but at the time it it was a really eye-opening moment for me. So Laura and I both took the course to start our own private practices. And I started my private practice in 2021. And it's just very small. I only see, you know, a couple of clients at a time. But my plan was to make it really big. And then, you know, I started thinking about ethics and stuff like that and what I wanted it to really look like and decided I wanted to specialize more in the peers program, which helps, you know, teens and young adults make friendships, make and keep friendships, and also speech sound disorders. So it's been really fun. I like having the private practice. And last school year, so the 2021 to 2022 school year, halfway through, my family was considering a move to Washington State. We were actively house hunting, and I left my district to move to Washington State. And, you know, a month later, the housing market crashed and it was just no longer really an option. So we stayed here and I needed a job. So I got a virtual school-based SLP job and I've been doing that ever since. So I realized I don't even know where, are you working right now in California or Washington? So last school year, I got a job with a district in Washington State because that's where we were going to be moving. Yeah. I got licensed there and I wanted to just sort of be ready to go. You know, But then when that didn't pan out this year, I got a job working for a district in Northern California. It's been really great. I really like being a contractor. Okay. Working from home has been awesome. There are pros and cons to both settings. And there are things I really miss about being in person. But for me right now, this is working great. So I don't know. It's like listening to Laura tell her story, listening to myself. I see that we wear a lot of hats as SLPs. I mean, Laura and I both have private practices. I have a full-time SLP job. Laura makes materials. She does. A, we both do a lot for the podcast. And I have another big project in the works that I'm not really ready to talk about, but it is coming. <laughs> Can't wait. So, you know, we're busy bees. Yeah. Anyway, I guess that's kind of my story. I really love being an SLP and I love working with kids and I love making a difference. Love it. Well, thank you for sharing your story. You know, we're going to be talking a lot more about it as we move through this book. So I can't wait to hear more. Obviously, I like that you and I have different perspectives. We definitely worked in different, even though we both worked in schools, 
our experiences were so vastly different. You know, when I heard you say your schools were really litigious, I might have had one or two IEPs a year where a lawyer or advocate was even involved. Not litigious at all. I would not wish it on anyone because it is really hard to deal with. I mean, that's where a book like Take Time for You really can be helpful. So if you're in that place and you're dealing with some really stressful stuff, we're here to help. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Adrian, And everyone stick around after this break. We'll be back to get into chapter two of our book. At the SLP Book Club, our mission is to learn, grow, and connect with other SLPs and educators. If you love what we're doing, the best way to support the podcast is to leave a rating and review wherever you listen. This helps other SLPs find the show so our community can grow even stronger. We appreciate you so much and hope you keep listening and reading along with us. All right, welcome back. We are covering Take Time for You, Chapter 2, and this chapter is about physiological needs. So if you're reading along with us so far, you've kind of gotten some background information, taken some surveys, figured out where you're maybe lacking in the rungs of the ladder. And the base of the ladder is physiological needs. So these are water, food, exercise, rest, and shelter. Adrian, you said you feel like you got this covered, right? You're good on this one? Well, <laughs> compared to everything else, not really. I think we all know the importance of this. Everybody knows we should be drinking more water. Everybody knows that vigorous exercise balances out stress. And I try, but for me, even walking like I said, is helpful or like just getting outside and seeing the sun a little bit. So I'm not like an all star, but somehow I managed to be better at this than the others. <laughs> and you know, I was thinking maybe because of where we live, I've heard people say, if you live in LA, or you live in Orange County, right, maybe this is more at the forefront of your mind where you think you're not doing enough. But really, we are probably very healthy. It's just everywhere you look when you live here, people just being obsessed with health and fitness and everything. So this is an area where I always feel like I need to improve. <laughs> I know. But I think actually, if we're thinking about Southern California as a whole, to me, San Diego is the most health conscious of all. I know LA has its own thing going with the exercise and the whatever. But every time I go to San Diego, I'm like, what are all these people doing running and doing sports and out like <laughs> exercise and everybody is so tan and fit and relaxed. Maybe that's the difference is like people in LA are not relaxed. Yeah, and people in San Diego, maybe because they're so close to the water. It's like they're chilling. <laughs> well, and after I graduated from college and moved to LA for the first time, I lived in a beach city in the South Bay of LA. And I lived a block from the beach. When you live that close to the beach, I mean, I would go for a three-mile bike ride with my dog. I would run five miles a day. I played beach volleyball. There is something different when you live at the beach. It was very relaxed. Yes. I worked at a restaurant. I rode my bike to work. You know, <laughs> I have to like... say, my aunt and uncle, they just made the move from more inland down by the water. And immediately they got bikes. Now they're bike people. They like to ride to the water. I'm just like, wow, look at the lifestyle. <laughs> I know. Okay, so let's talk about your physiological needs. You know, Tina lets us know that when you're hungry, you could have difficulty paying attention, you could feel listless. 
sweaty, shaky. I think we've all had this experience. She told that story of being in the grocery store in the last chapter. Laura, are you a hangry person? Do you get hangry? Yeah, sure. Oh, yeah, me too. Okay. It's it's not a good, it's a flaw. <laughs> I would say it's a flaw. <laughs> oh, yeah. Around here, my fiance and I will just be like, can you go eat something? Because I cannot deal with you right now. Right. Absolutely. And then sleep. Almost a third of adults don't get enough sleep. And that can lead to heart and health problems, depression, forgetfulness, and weight gain. I know that I've heard if you don't get the right amount of sleep, you're way more likely to make unhealthy food choices. I think it has to do with your hunger hormones mm-hmm. being off. Sure. Ghrelin. <laughs> do you know what I'm talking yes, about? Yes, of course. It's like you're more hungry for bad foods. And then also the hormone that makes you feel full is lower. So you eat more, you eat more unhealthy foods. So sleep is so strongly tied to your nutrition, I guess. And then she says, you can use the time audit from chapter one to see how much time you're spending meeting your basic physiological needs. So are you prioritizing being healthy, sleeping, exercising, and what can you change to make sure that you are? So Tina herself set phone notifications to check in with herself to just see, do I need a glass of water right now? Should I eat some protein? Do I need to shut my eyes? So before you get into the strategies that she suggests, ask yourself the questions. Oh, she had a little list of questions that you could ask yourself, like, do I know the difference between being hungry or just eating for other reasons, like out of boredom? I have a big issue with that one. (laughs) I'm always just eating out of boredom. How do you like to exercise? So, you know, certain types of exercise aren't going to be for everybody. What do you like that's active and whether you feel like you need to nap during the day? Adrian, are you a nap person? Um, I like to nap, but lately, I don't know if it's age. It's like I can't sleep in anymore. No matter what time I go to bed, I'm up by seven, no matter what. Yep, me too. Um, And then if I'm like, maybe I go to bed at midnight or, you know, I'm like having a late night and then I wake up early 630. It's like I want to nap, but I don't know if because I've been pretty stressed out or what, but I lay down and I just can't sleep. So it's like, do I want to nap? Yes. Can I nap? No. I haven't even attempted a nap in a while because I know that I feel gross after I nap. I feel groggy. I just, I don't feel good. I would rather go to bed a lot earlier that night than try to take a nap. I think I've already told you about this, but I used to listen to a lot of Andrew Huberman, Huberman Lab podcast. Yeah. And he mm-hmm. recommend he loves napping, but he recommends it's called non-sleep deep rest, yoga nidra or okay. yoga nidra. There's like these yoga things you can do, 10, 20 minute things that are really energizing and it's like taking a nap. But if you do them, it doesn't feel like hmm. waking up from a nap. Maybe I'll know. look into it. Something to try. There's a lot of them on Spotify. Oh, cool. <laughs> okay. So then she goes into the different strategies. She has lists for each one for diet, for exercise, for sleep, lists of strategies that you could try. I'm not going to list all of them. I kind of picked the ones that I like. And Tina says you can't do all of them immediately, but you could choose the ones that are most helpful in the moments when your basic needs are unmet and use those strategies to create your action plan. So for diet strategies, some examples are just to drink more water, eat fruits or vegetables instead of unhealthy snacks, plan your meals, bring food. I mean, 
I felt like when I worked at schools, I always had the best intentions. I would bring my snacks. I'd bring like a salad. And then you get there and there's donuts. Yeah. And you might take a donut or a cookie if there's something going on. Or if I had snacks for my students, like goldfish or fruit snacks or chips for rewards or anything, I would find myself digging into those. Yes. <laughs> so you try. She says you should carry a water bottle with you all the time. Adrian, I just saw you take a drink yes. of your big water bottle that you always have. Get groceries delivered. My sister is super busy. Adrian, you know, she's got five kids. She's got a job. She works out a lot. Like she goes to a boot camp at like six in the morning. And she just made a decision a long time ago that she always gets groceries delivered. It's really cute. She has this husband and wife who both work for the Shipped app. She always requests them and they always do her deliveries. <laughs> so they know all the stuff she likes, like if she needs mm. substitutions, but they'll just call her. I feel like they know her kids. It's really Aww. sweet. So grocery delivery, great option. It also keeps you out of the grocery store where you can make bad decisions. Plus, I think it really became normalized with COVID. Yeah. It's much more popular. Yeah, yeah. It's not this out of touch or, you know, unrelatable thing anymore. It used to be like, what? Are you a zillionaire? You're getting your groceries delivered? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, she had this cute thing where you team up with a colleague for healthy meals did you read that yeah I thought that was cute and then I thought you better like their cooking yeah that's know? true that's true <laughs> I was picturing I used to work with another SLP but she was a vegetarian so I'm not sure we would have been on the same page if we'd tried to wow <laughs> <laughs> you could team up with somebody where you bring a meal you make two meals and you do it Monday Wednesday and they do it Tuesday Thursday so you're not making meals every day and you're sharing and eating healthy together. And then of course you can track what you eat using an app or something like that. Exercise strategies. She says to schedule your exercise. These are all just suggestions. She's not telling you to do all of these. <laughs> you could do walking meetings. I wanted to tell this story. My grandpa lived to be 95 or 96. He was a professor at Fresno State and he had a group of professors that he walked with, I think for like 50 years. I meant to look it wow. up. These men took a walk together after lunch every single day and they grew really, really close. And they also, you know, it just walking is so beneficial for your health. And it was a really special thing. Take movement based brain breaks with your students or try different types of exercise, like try out aerobic exercise, try out anaerobic exercise, like weightlifting or yoga, see which things you like, use a fitness tracker. I just charged mine up. I've been not very good about my fitness tracker. I use the Aura Ring, yeah. which if you want to know about your sleep, get the Aura Ring. Because even when you think, hey, I'm getting eight hours of sleep, you're probably getting like six and a half. Wow, yeah. <laughs> You'll find out. My Aura Ring knows me. I will wake up and it'll be like, it'll tell me something like, it's going to be okay. Oh, no. <laughs> like it always knows if I had a terrible night's oh. sleep, it'll be like, do you want to go into rest mode? Oh. <laughs> so sometimes it's nice when you feel like you need to do a million things and your aura ring just tells you like, hey, take it easy today. You need this. Wow. Helpful. Yeah. Some sleep strategies that Tina suggests are like setting reminders to go to sleep at the right time, 
going to sleep and waking up at the same time each day, avoiding caffeine six hours before bed, not eating right before bed, starting to dim your lights two to three hours before bed. I'm really big on the lights. I've mentioned it before. I think when we were reading Loving Push. So it's really important to go outside and get sunlight on your eyes no sunglasses, oh. <laughs> right on those eyeballs in the morning for like 10 minutes, 10 to 20 minutes, because that's going to help your body release melatonin at the right time at night. So that morning sun helps you with your sleep. But then also at night, not having any overhead lights. I always have it super dark in my place when I'm making dinner, mm. when I'm, you know, I don't know what you do. Um, I just have the lights on, but this is making me think maybe I should. You should see my place at night. It is so dark. But then I watch a giant TV, so I'm probably counteracting all of the good stuff that I'm doing. Right. Okay. And then she gives some general strategies. This first one I never, I didn't even think about, but having extra clothing in case you need to cool down or warm up. And I was thinking about those schools where you have no control over your thermostat sometimes and you're freezing or you're too hot. You know, at schools, it's always an issue. But I also wanted to tell you in LA, sometimes it is so, so hot up through the end of November. We're talking 90s to 100 degrees. It is so hot still. And when you've gotten finished with a really long day at school and you go and get into your scorching hot car, it's enraging. Do you know what I'm talking about? And then when I got my car, and we're not talking about a fancy car here, it's just a regular car. I added on where you can control your car from an app and I can turn my car on 10 minutes before I get in it, full blast the AC. So I would have the sun shield up, blast that AC for 10 minutes and then go and get into an icy cool car. I mean, it made my whole drive home so much more. Yes, there is nothing. It was like a real life changer. Wow, that's inspiring (laughs) to me because it will make you grumpy. That is for sure. A hot car. Oh, oh. your back is just sticking. And your legs. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going off on some tangents here. I'm just turning this into a wellness <laughs> podcast. Okay, some other general strategies. Wash your hands regularly. Use hand sanitizer. Stand outside in the sunshine. Pet an animal or ask people for hugs or handshakes. So those are just some of Tina's suggestions for us. And then she's telling us how to create our level one action plan. So go through those strategies in the book. If you haven't bought the book yet, buy it. Circle all the strategies that appeal to you and then narrow them down to a reasonable number. So just think about how much work each one entails and what your schedule looks like and whether you want to choose strategies that will be easy or things that stretch you a little bit more. And she included a table for your action plan. You can get it. I think we'll link in the show notes to those free handouts that she has that Adrian mentioned last episode, but you can write the strategy you're using, put check marks on each day that you want to use it, and then check off if you actually met your goal. So I've created my own action plan. If you want me to share it, Adrian, Sure, share it. <laughs> Here's what I'm doing for my physiological and we're going to be accountability buddies. So I'll let you know yes. in a week <laughs> when we're recording our next episode, I will let you know how I've done. I want to drink at least eight glasses of water per day. I'm going to plan my meals and snacks for the day forward. Because if I plan for a whole week, I change my mind too much. I go, I don't want to eat that. But I think I can do it the day before. I'm going to stop eating two to three hours before bed. Lately, this has been really hard for me. I eat right up until I go to bed. And that really impacts my sleep. 
and I'm going to plan my exercise for the week. Oh, and I got to go to bed earlier because just like you said, I'm waking up at seven no matter what. If I go to bed at midnight, I'm waking up at seven. If I go to bed at 10, I'm waking up at seven. I always wake up at the same time. So I have to start getting ready for bed by 10 so that I can be in bed asleep at 11. All right. Do you have anything on your mind? Any plans? Okay. Yes. So my action plan involves going to bed by 10 o'clock during the week. Okay. Ideally, I would like it to be every day, even the weekend, but we got to be realistic here. So at least during the week, 10 o'clock, I would like to do something calming before bedtime. So I don't want to be watching TV and then immediately going upstairs and getting into bed. I would like to read for maybe 10 minutes just to wind down a little. I want to try to walk daily outside because I'm working from home. It sometimes is easy for me to just wake up, stay in my house literally all day and you know, never really go outside, even though I like to have my shades up and my desk is against a window. It's like the sun is coming in, but it's not really the same. And you can get kind of like stir crazy working from home. So I want to try to walk daily, even if it's only 30 minutes. I want to make big batches of food. I love doing this to have leftovers for lunch. Again, because I work from home, It's easy for me to make food, but I only have about a 30 minute lunch break. So I don't have time to be like cooking up a meal. (laughs) So it's nice to just have something to throw together. And I used to make big batches of soup on Sunday nights. And then I would have soup like through the week, but I kind of fell off on that. So I'm going to just try to double the recipe, have extras. And my last one is to eat more protein because I am a vegetarian. And I find that if I don't have protein in at least every meal, it is just not a good feeling for my body. So trying to make protein a priority no matter what. Yeah. Okay. Well, now this is no longer SLP book club podcast. This is is a wellness podcast. Thank you for listening to wellness with Adrian and Laura. (laughs) Hopefully you got some good tips. (laughs) Listen, this is setting the stage. We're on the first rung of the ladder. We are realizing that even though we are both pretty healthy people, We do need to make sure our physiological needs are being met completely before we can move up because gosh darn it, I want to get to transcendence. We're going to get there. (laughs) (laughs) Fingers crossed. We'll be checking in because she has questions that you ask yourself a week later. We'll reflect on what was hard, what was easy, things we're going to change, and then we'll move forward to our next rung of the ladder, right? Absolutely. And our next topic is safety. So I'm sure that's going to be a juicy convo. And I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, I have a lot to a lot to share on that topic. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for listening. And we hope that you're enjoying starting this book with us. We'll see you next time for chapter three. Bye, Adrian. Bye, Laura. The SLP Book Club is not just a podcast, it's a community. Go to Facebook.com slash groups slash the SLP Book Club to join the discussion after each episode. Want even more of the SLP Book Club? We've made all the resources for this book, including chapter summaries and visuals, available for free on our Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash the SLP Book Club to download these great materials. To learn more about the SLP Book Club, go to the slpbookclub.com. You can contact us by emailing hello at the slpbookclub.com. Follow us on Instagram at slp underscore book club. Find us on TikTok at the SLP Book Club. 